Did you know that all armadillos are actually descendants of a single progenitor known as Armadillus Prime? Unfortunately, Armadillus Prime is a real jerk, so none of them are speaking terms. (laughs) (laughs) For more armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can access our episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hogwarts, Hoggy, 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 a bunch of real shady wizards in hoods and masks are up to no good, although with how wizards dress it's a little unclear if this is actually unusual attire. Either way, they are magically tormenting some muggles despite having no apparent ministry connections. But luckily, the wizards have a spell that turns your brains to scrambled eggs, so it's all good. Uh, a house elf gets unfairly accused of flashing Voldemort's wizard gang sign, which leads Hermione to ask some hard questions about wizard slavery that no one really wants to answer. Uh, be careful pulling that thread, Hermione. Uh, anyway, when we're, then we're off to Hogwarts, where we meet Mad-Eye Moody, my new favorite character. He's a retired wizard enforcer who appears to be comprised of about 80% scars and weird magic prosthetics. And he's Harry Potter's new nemesis. Uh, I mean, dark arts professor, whatever. <laughs> uh, so Harry calls in reinforcements in the form of everyone's favorite murder wizard to help him deal with the Moody problem, I assume. I mean, he doesn't say it, but it's kind of implied. Uh-huh. <laughs> it takes a murder wizard to... Fight a murder wizard, as exactly. they say. Yeah, yes. as Hogwarts. they always say. That's mm-hmm. a little Hogwarts saying. <laughs> Chapter 15, Bobatons and Dermstang. Derms, Dermstrang. No, Doom more like Dermstank. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's the thing. What, what is that? Not, there's Storm and Drong, but there's... Isn't that? Isn't there a like heavy metal band like Derm? Rammstein. Rammstein, that's what I'm thinking of. Rammstein, I can't remember. There should be a heavy metal band named Dermstrong. I bet there is now. <laughs> So, okay, wait. So, Bobatons means, what, pretty stick or something? Yeah, beautiful stick. <laughs> okay. And Dermstrang, what does that mean? Do you know? Well, it's when you have something that's really strong, uh-huh. and you add some derm to it. I thought it was like strong derm skin, strong. maybe. Oh, could be. Like thick skin, Dermstrang. Uh, I think it's a pun on Sturm und Drang. I know, what's that? It was Dermstrang instead of Sturm und Drang. I don't get it. What's a Sturm und Drang? I'll explain it after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Harry wakes up and he writes the lamest retraction letter ever. Just kidding. Yeah, you're serious, JK. I'm fine. Don't come. Uh, yeah. Nailed it. We're all fine. Yeah. fine. Everyone's fine you? here. We're fine here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mad-Eye Moody's like trying illegal curses on the students, which is I, I fine. thought this was really funny because I made a big deal about how he showed them the illegal curses. Uh-huh. I thought that was about as bad as it was going to get. But yeah, it's no. like he did on some spiders. That's he, not illegal. He now uses one of the illegal curses on every single student. Yeah. I mean, if okay, we get it. You're not supposed to cast the spells. But sure, doing it on a spider, not a big deal. But you're not supposed to cast the spells on humans for sure, let alone students that are like under your tutelage, right? I'm, I mean, I'm on his side for this one. Like, Obviously, he can't do, he can't do the Cruciatus curse or a Vata Kedavra. But the Imperius Curse, it doesn't physically hurt them. And, like, this is really important for them to figure out. And the thing is, Moody knows that shit's going to happen. Like, he does. And he even says at some point, because uh, Harry fights, is, is actually able to fight the Imperius Curse. And Mad-Eye Moody says, they'll have trouble controlling you. So he is, like, he's one of those crazy doomsday preppers. He knows what's coming. And he is preparing the students for it as best he can. Even though my question was, is he preparing all the students? Or is he just preparing Harry? Uh, I mean, like, he's casting on all of them, right? Over yeah, and he, over again. Yeah, but Harry's the only one who he makes do it until he gets it down. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I also, like, alternate theory, he's, like, working his way up the evil curses. Like, right now, he's like, Imperious Curse, just <laughs> uh-huh. test the waters a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, what about Cruciatus Curse, guys? And they're like, <laughs> all right, I guess you could try it. And he's like, all right, now it's about a cadaver time. <laughs> well, they're, he's, they're, he's trying to teach them how to fight it off, but... Do they learn how to do it themselves? Because that could be a huge problem. Yeah, I thought the reason you didn't do this around the students is because you didn't want the students figuring it out and doing it to each other. I, so this is this is something that they, they don't talk about a whole lot, but 
My impression is that it's not just knowing the words. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into doing a spell besides, like, knowing what the words are. Because it's easy to know the words. Everyone probably knows the words, right? But there's, like, other stuff, like wand movement and, mm-hmm. like, presumably something you have to do with your, it's like... like, w- like kegels. Wiggling your hips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to flex your... Your, your sphincter in a particular rhythm, you know, it's 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 more difficult than just waving your your wand around. And at times they've talked about, I think with the killing curse, like you have to mean it. You can't just even. You have to have uh, intention as well. Oh yeah, that's right. There's something like you have to have anger or something behind it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I, I alternatively it could be that Moody is just using this as an opportunity to measure up his opponent. You know. He could be. He He's might like, be testing to see what Harry's scar will protect him from. Yeah, that's Ooh, a great point. Not the you know? curse, I guess. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, he also learns that Harry is able to resist the curse. So he's like, "Oh, okay, that's not good news." <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious because Matt I. Moody, I think, is super, super shifty. Yeah, I, I like him a lot because uh, he's, you know, just this like. Are you saying that just because of the eye? That's ableist. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would be very ableist. Or the, or the wooden dragon foot, or whatever it is, the talons. Mm-hmm. I still think it's super weird. Why did he teach just Harry? No, he didn't. He, he, I think he did it to everyone, right? Well, he, everybody else, and like nobody else was really able to resist it, so then he focused in on Harry. And yeah, I know Harry was like the star people of this lesson, but he still went after Harry to make sure that he is able to resist it. Yeah, true. Which makes me think that he's preparing Harry to be a weapon against Voldemort. Oh, could be. This could be like, you know, honing the, the, the blade. Right, silver bullet. Yeah, the unkillable student, <laughs> and he has just just has to be careful. This is, bullet doesn't get pointed at him, right? Maybe this is Dumbledore's plan: is that every year he puts another dark arts teacher that's a different type of challenge in front of Harry to like teach him all the different ways to kill wizards. Oh man! And by the time Harry graduates, he'll be the ultimate weapon. <laughs> oh man, that makes perfect sense, right? And why else would he hire Gilderoy Lockhart? I mean, yeah, Gilderoy Lockhart was just a target. <laughs> He's just a, a training dummy, a straw man to, to, for him to tilt against. Or maybe each one of them is supposed to represent the seven deadly sins. Mm, and Gilderoy was like vanity. So right, what, was, yeah. what was Quirrell then? Um, turbans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> White people wearing turbans. That's... And what about Lupin? Werewolf. The eighth yeah. deadly werewolf. sin, werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> the one they don't talk about much because it's way worse than all the other ones. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to remember where we were. Uh, we were talking about uh, Mad-Eye Moody's... Mad-Eye yeah, Moody's he, resists, he resists it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I guess uh, they learn, we learned that OWLs are coming up. I, oh, I, yeah, sorry, that reminds me. I want to say, I think that the key to Harry Potter's ability to resist this when nobody else could is that Harry Potter just hates following instructions so much <laughs> at such a deep, visceral level. It's like, always a part of him that's like... Because, yeah, like the... The, the spell feels hears, like a rule. He hears the voice, and the voice is saying, well, just do what he says. And he's like, the little voice in my head said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you trying to make me follow another fucking rule? No, I'm Harry motherfucking Potter. I don't follow rules. <laughs> or maybe he's like, there's, th- there's three illegal curses, and I've already beaten one of them. <laughs> yeah. None of these curses apply to me. Try to torture me, motherfucker. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> He's like, I get my bones sucked out every year. <laughs> Cruciatus is me. <laughs> yeah, he did have to regrow his bones that one time. <laughs> yeah, he's, you're right. He's got his owls coming up, but not till next year. They're ordinary wizarding levels. Wait, is it, o, o, is it owls or is it OWLs? How are you, are you supposed to say it? I call them owls. Okay. But Ordinary wizarding levels. I guess you should call them OWLs, though, because we don't call it like the SAT and the ACT tests. I just thought it was funny that they have standardized testing, even though they're wizards. They haven't mm-hmm. figured out that standardized testing is bullshit. Mm-hmm. True, true. Well, who's, is there like... Okay, standardized testing in the real world is, is put out by like the education board or whatever. They're trying to have some metrics on, on is our kids learning or whatever. Right. Uh-huh. Is our kids learning So good? is there an education board in this world? There's only no. like three schools. No, there, there's got to be way more schools than that. I was thinking about this, and I don't want to get on a, a sidetrack here, but if there's there's got to be more than three schools because we worked out that Hogwarts has roughly what? I think we did this math once, like 600 students, something like that. And there are 100,000 wizards in the world. Yeah. So there's got to be more than three schools. But they live forever, right? Wizards? Don't they? No, they don't. Mm-mm. Dumbledore's got to be... I mean, Dumbledore... Aren't we pretty clear that Dumbledore is Godric Gryffindor? <laughs> I mean, isn't that obvious? It, it, and he's that hat. 
I'm pretty sure I read on Pottermore that there are 17 wizarding schools all around the world, oh. but these three are the biggest. Mm, Wait, so that, that, that math still... No, I guess that could work out. So, uh, okay, I think we figured out that there are roughly 100 students per year, or is it per... Well, it, it, per it's house. hard to know because, remember, there's a theory that there's a lot less students now because their parents were all... or. The parents, a lot of people died when yeah. Voldemort last rose to power. They so yeah. there's a lot less kids now. Yeah, they they don't need death eated. Yeah, death ate. <laughs> uh, okay, so that okay, I guess I guess that could work out. I'm just trying to think of like how many. What's the like the average turnout of students worldwide? Like, I, I mean, it's hard to know, but because actually they can't be the biggest. But I mean, if you have just three schools in more or less Western Europe, mm-hmm. like Northern maybe and Western Europe, that's yeah. three schools just there. Yeah. And you've got Ilvermoney in the United in the United States. Is that, and, do we know if that's the only one in the U.S.? That's the only one I know of. Okay. And I th- I know there's a bunch of smaller schools. And that's okay. a real party school. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> it's like ASU. You go there and get wizard herpes. <laughs> I'm sorry if any of our listeners, <laughs> listeners are ASU people. Wow. <laughs> if you went to ASU, I'm sorry. Alice is not trying to say you have herpes. You know my dad went to ASU, right? <laughs> no! Wait, did you know that could be transmitted from... Oh. No, that's just syphilis. <laughs> oh, okay. Hereditary syphilis. Okay. The sins of the father, right? <laughs> uh, anyway. anyway. Yeah. Going back to it, though, I love that at Hogwarts, uh, the potions professor is allowed to try and poison the students. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we, we're giving Mad-Eye Moody a hard time for practicing the imperious curse on his students, but Snape... Pretty much poisons his students and forces them to make antidotes to save themselves. Right, yeah. But it's not like he's using a forbidden poison on them. <laughs> That's right. There's no such thing. All poisons are fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is pretty savage, though, because they find out that their class, Potion's class, is going to end a few minutes early because they're going to be announcing the Triwizard Tournament and everything. And Harry says, oh, good. Snape won't have time to poison us all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I will. But come on. I mean... Harry's Probably just Neville. I was going to say, Harry's got to know that Snape's going to go for him first. Because, like, <laughs> Snape hates Harry. He's going to poison him. Yeah. Absolutely going to make sure he gets to poison him first. Probably. Yeah, we do learn that they're, they're doing all this preparation for the Triwizard Tournament because it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, but all this miraculous cleaning and decorating has, like, a whole different tone considering we just learned that it's all done by wizard slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's like, they're yeah. like, oh, and there's all these decorations and all this, like... Yeah, and they come out at night when nobody's around and they do all the work. Because you're not supposed to see them. And students are still being assholes about spew. Yeah, I know. It's Hermione's being treated like this this big joke for being opposed to slavery. <laughs> you know? Hi, I'm Hermione. I believe that every that people should be treated decently and animals should have equal rights. <laughs> Shut up, stupid Hermione. Different races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they like being slaves. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Fred, Fred and George say the same thing. They're like, oh, but yeah, we've been to the kitchens. They they really like it. They're fine yeah. with it. Yeah, they totally. They're like they're cool it. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Sirius is back in the country. Yeah, he somehow, he saw through Harry's brilliant subterfuge and then <laughs> realized that Harry was not fine. So he's like, nah, it's, it's, I'm still coming. Yeah, and then we have the super cool scenes uh, when, the, when the other schools arrive. Bobaton arrives with Madame Maxine. Right. Yeah. yeah, wizards know how to travel in style and to make an entrance. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, sounds super cool. Yeah, Madame Max, Maxine? Madame Maxine. Maxine. Mm-hmm. With an N or an M? I can't remember. Maxine. M. That's a Nancy. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Maxine, who's a, a giant woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Hagrid's a giant too. <laughs> How y'all doing? What, you think they just need to be together because they're both large? I mean, no. Uh-huh. I just was kind of. I, I, I might have shipped him a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aren't they going to get together? I thought that's where this was going. I mean, oh, well, I don't know. Don't I guess tell we'll me. have to see. No spoilers, Jack. I really like Madame Maxime. Yeah, I love her, I love her Pegasi too. Yeah, yeah, her, her like horses that <laughs> only drink single malt whiskey. I know, I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, not not double malt, right? Not rye. <laughs> no, they they like the good stuff, single malt. Yeah, and they have the other giant with red eyes. That's pretty cool. And the Durmstrang just like makes a giant whirlpool pool in their lake, and a I guess like a ghost ship or something comes up yeah, from like it. A, a sunken wreck or something. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Totally sweet entrance. So. I think, you know, we don't know where these things are. Uh-huh. I think the secret location of Durmstrong is on the bottom of that lake. <laughs> <laughs> How would anyone know, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And, and with, yeah, every time the, the first years are coming along and sailing on their boats with their candles or whatever, the Durmstrong people are just looking up and like, 
Both them. <laughs> I know what they say. Or like <laughs> <people>. <laughs> what, what must it be like to live on the surface? <laughs> where the sun shines every day. <laughs> well, it's Scotland, so it doesn't uh, actually. But... Where the sun shines three days a year. <laughs> <laughs> they do have like a giant uh, what, octopus or squid guarding the lake yeah. too, right? So that'd be giant like the, squid. It protects the Durmstrong school from intruders. Right, yeah. Or it could actually not be a squid and they could just have like a puppet or something whenever students start getting too interested, start getting too close. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, it, 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 it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so now that we've seen the way that two different schools enter, what would your grand wizard entrance be if you had to, you know, if you had to impress Hogwarts? Thoughts? Mm, it would be um, a big bowling-themed staircase, like in the Big Lebowski, and I and all the students come dancing down it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So like a musical entrance. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's good. I think for me it'd be like a prison rules thing. You show up and you immediately punch the largest person. Hagrid. Hagrid. That's so mean. You yeah. punch Hagrid. Yes. <laughs> you just you walk in and punch Hagrid. You do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> Why? What would yours be, Micah? All right. So picture this. Okay. A storm rolls in. Uh huh. Ominous clouds. You know it's dark. A single wizard, just like a random wizard, walks out onto the field and throws an iron spear. Where the spear lands, a bolt of a massive bolt of lightning strikes. And it sort of continues flowing, and it spreads out into like branching bolts that bolt that, that spread out and make like a. All of a sudden, you have a, a geometric cube of lightning, uh-huh. and then uh, the lightning on the side forms into a door, and the door opens, and you hear like a ding, and uh, you hear like the interior of an. Ele- you see the interior of an elevator, and you hear Rick Astley. I'm never gonna give you up playing in music, and then like. You see a wizard in a suit just like looking at his watch and he's like steps out and he like looks around and then just walks up and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, thank uh-huh. you. Yeah. I um, love that you wrote that whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, okay, I could also go for like a giant hamster ball. Uh-huh. Me and all the students are like just running in the hamster ball. <laughs> it just comes rolling along over the hills. Like from the sky. It's like it'd be coming down from like... Just... No, it comes rolling along. You can see it from a long way away. <laughs> okay. It takes a long time. Like, what's it off in the distance? Well, I mean, that kind of happens with the, the flying carriage too. It's like, it's, yeah. what's it off in the distance? I don't know. What is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just still coming. It's, 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 <laughs> I mean, does it travel quickly, Jeff? Or is it kind of like at the normal no, running it's speed? like walking speed because it's like a hamster ball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, are, is, is the entire school in there? Yeah. How do they not fall over each other all the time? They're, They're all... wizards, Alice. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a ridiculous That's question. That's what you always say to me. <laughs> it's magic. Duh. <laughs> They're wizards. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that one, too. I don't know. I like the musical entrance. You have, those, are good. those are both good, Jeff. Yeah. Yes. I'm really good at entrances. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel bad for Hagrid because Alice is going to punch him in the face. You show up. That's what you do. <laughs> I mean, they're going to take you seriously after that. Yeah, right? They're like, if, you punch, if she'd punch Hagrid in the face, what, what wouldn't she do? I'm the gamekeeper now. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. That's how Hagrid got to be gamekeeper because it's surely Probably. not on any talent, right? Yeah. Just like, he just or beat up the last Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really like Madame Maxime. I like Karkaroff, too. I thought they were both funny. Mm, yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, they're different like takes on what a wizard could be. You know? mm. But like. speaking of Karkaroff, mm-hmm. Victor Crumb. That's right. Yeah, they have a, a celebrity. Yes, yeah, he's a student at Karkaroff School. Which I guess there's no rule against a student also being a Quidditch world champion. I guess oh, not. Oh, well, he's an it, amateur. Well, I guess he's not though. No, he's oh. a professional. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a champion. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a, not a world champion. Yeah. Close. He's a historical footnote. In Quidditch. <laughs> It'd be kind of the equivalent of like Olympians, right? Because like you've like the yeah. gymnastics team is a bunch of kids. Chapter sixteen, the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. So the they show up and they're I guess they immediately align with existing Hogwarts uh, houses for some reason. I thought that was really weird. The Durmstrong students show up. They're like, okay, well we're kind of evil. Slytherins look kind of evil. Cool. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, it's like, I guess now we know where they stand, you know, in case you're uh, unsure about where Dur- Durmstrong is. They're like, in with the Slytherins. Okay, they think they will, the, their teachers or their headmaster must have prepared them, right? Durmstrong, you will go and you will sit with the Slytherin for we are evil as they are evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will be more evil together. So why Bobaton and, and Ravenclaw, though, I wonder? Because the Ravenclaw is supposed to be very elevated and... The love of knowledge and 
I don't know. They're big nerds. I got it. Got it. They're, uh, I don't know, preps or whatever. They're... Is that what the Raven, is that what Ravenclaw is? I think they are, yeah. Yeah? Okay. All right. I just, I, I, I guess, I guess you had to put them, if you had to put them somewhere, you wouldn't put them with Hufflepuff. They keep themselves too seriously. They're upper crust. They're snobs. And Gryffindor is, you know, I mean. The jocks. The jocks, I guess. With a major superiority complex. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The jocks and rich kids. Right. And Gryffindor? Right. The Weasleys are in there. They're jocks. Two, two of them are on the Quidditch team. Oh, the oldest right. ones were champions. That's right. That's a good point. Touché. Neville Longbottom's rich. He has no other traits, <laughs> positive qualities, but he, they're rich. And he's good at plants. And he's rich. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so they, we learn more, a little bit more about what's going on with the, uh, the Triwizard Tournament because we get some celebrity judges. We do. Ludo Bagman and Mr. Crouch show back up. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like them. You know, well, I mean... I don't know about Mr. Crouch. That guy weirds me out a little bit. He's he's, he's a creeper. Mm. <laughs> but Ludo's nice. But we get the we get the rules. There's going to be three tasks spread out over the entire school year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be one champion from each school, and they're going to be chosen by the Goblet of Fire, which sounds like it was named by the same person who named Death Eaters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Goblet of Fire. Why is it called the Goblet of Fire? Because it's got fire in it. I don't know. It's yeah. a goblet. It's, Shut up. Yeah. Okay. 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 They're going to put their names in a cup. But it's got to be like a super cool wizardy cup. Like, how do I make the cup super cool? It's on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cup's on fire. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just love this because this is like such a Dumbledore way to do things, right? He like, he loves to use inanimate objects to make hard decisions for him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. He uses a hat to decide who goes in what, in what school. Like, uh-huh. I, I figure he's either uh, the kind of guy who like flips a coin to make big decisions or all of these things are just under his control. The Goblet of Fire is just another thing where he's like pulling the strings and he just doesn't want anyone to know it's him. Well, that's what I'm suspicious of. Yeah, I mean like just like the Sorting Hat, right? Yeah. As we established, the Sorting Hat seems to be Dumbledore. Yeah. Or he could just not be an old man who doesn't really know where he is and he's got all these magic artifacts all around him sort of leading him around through his day. <laughs> yeah, right. his, his beard is actually a, a, an artifact that does all his talking for him. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, his mouth like a horse. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> his, you know, his, while he's sleeping, he's actually like having weird monologues. Yeah. <laughs> Just because his beard won't shut up. Uh-huh. Uh, like weekend at Dumbledore's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore's not actually ancient. He's been dead for 30 years. <laughs> but his hat and his beard and his robes have just been like puppeting him around. Oh, That's kind of horrifying. It is kind of horrifying. Mm-hmm. Here's the weird thing, though. It's a binding contract that if you put your name in, you agree to finish out the entire tournament. Uh-huh. How is that enforced? Uh, magic. Magic. Like, what would happen to you if you're like, you know what, after the first task, you were like, nah, man. Or what if you like break an arm or get horribly sick they're wizards Alice it's magic (laughs) okay they probably burst into flames (laughs) it is the goblet of fire the the goblet of fire like chases you down and eats you (laughs) you get gobbled by the goblet of fire (laughs) there's nothing can stop the goblet of fire (laughs) it's like a a rule breaker it's like it follows it just like slowly follows you for the rest Uh, of your life I would say that either it's mental manipulation such that it makes sure that the the contestants won't decide not to participate. That could be. Because you notice that Harry Potter hasn't done his traditional, I'm going to disobey this rule with these rules. <laughs> That's a good point. This is totally a rule that he's just following without question. But, I mean, if Harry Potter becomes the champion, we haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> <laughs> so the Goblet of Fire could be, more, could be a more powerful form of the Imperious Curse. Yeah. Interesting. That sounds like something that you want children to be competing in. <laughs> I, well, they, I mean, they do put an age limit on it. <laughs> yeah, come sure. on, you were supposed to be over, was it 16? Yeah, uh, yeah. 17. 17. Is that 17? I thought... I'm pretty sure it's 17, Maybe because it is, the yeah. Weasley twins make a big deal if they're almost 17. And I, no, I like right. how Dumbledore does this business where if a, a young child's name happens to get in the Goblet of Fire, they still go in the process. There's no turning back at that point. I mean, it's all over. Look, so he's just like, uh, yeah, I'll just put like a line around it that makes it so you can't go, can't go near it if you're too young. It's yeah, cute yeah. though. I like that. The twins try to go over and they sprout uh, big old beards. Yeah, that is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's worth noting that Mad Eye Moody has like a noticeable effect on certain wizards. Like, he must be, like, the John Wick of, like, the wizarding world or something. <laughs> They're like, Baba Yaga or something, you know? <laughs> Karkaroff is scared of him. Yeah, exactly. Like, Karkaroff and, and uh, Snape's a little weird around him. Like, a lot, of, a lot of wizards seem to have problems with Mad-Eye Moody. 
Yeah, I, I guess it's probably because Mad-Eye Moody just loves killing Death Eaters, and they're like former Death Eaters, and they think that all he does is he's retired and he sits at home and he thinks about killing them. He's like, I wish I hadn't retired because I haven't gotten to kill a Death Eater in years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you used to be a Death Eater, right? Used to be, used to be, used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They go visit uh, Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid refuses to join Spee, which really disappointed me. I know, I would have thought of all people, Hagrid we would be sympathetic to Hermione's cause, but he just gives her the same line. Yeah. House elves like it. Mm-hmm. says, well, there's always one or two weirdos in every group. Uh, talking yeah. about Dobby who wanted to be, you know, paid. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. What a freak. But he loves Madame Maxine. I know. I feel I feel a little bad for him because, like, uh, you know, he's trying. He's doing his best here, but like, his best cleanup job is still a little a little rough around the edges. I mean, I don't feel bad for him. I think he's I think his game is strong. It, do you? I mean, like, he's I mean, using axle grease to like clean it. To you like, don't know what the style is for giants. First of all, like maybe maybe among giants, his hair is quite dapper. I don't think he's and actually his, a giant. His fursuit, suit, isn't he? He's like half giant know. or something, right? We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. But uh, but he's you know at least but, partially human. But maybe she's into bears. Like he's he's owning his his look, right? <laughs> <laughs> he better hope that's what she's into because he's not like going any anywhere into the like the swab line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like I. I it was funny because they were describing his outfit and they said he was wearing a, a like a giant hair suit and I was like. Maybe that's a British thing. So I like looked it up. It's like no, it's literally just a, it's a, hairy a big suit. hairy suit. Uh. I mean, I, I, <laughs> if you go to a party and there's a dude with axe grease in his hair and a hairy suit, you think that's a cool dude. <laughs> I want to party with that dude. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what? Right? You're probably right. I want to hang with that dude. You want to hang with that dude, or you want to hang with like the the metrosexual guy in the corner? Yeah, uh, come on. I don't know. You may not want to date that guy though. Well, who said they're dating? <laughs> Touche. I mean, she's only in town for a few weeks or something, right? You know what? You're right. Like, if she wants to get, like, a little bit of, like... If she wants to get her axle greased. <laughs> <laughs> then Hagrid's the bear to do it. <laughs> and, you know, he, gets, he goes on a date with her, right? He, he finds out something she wants to do and... Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing his best. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, but finally, the champions are named. It's Victor Crumb. Obviously. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's Flor de la Cur, which is the... They've been calling her the Vila girl. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty girl. It's so pretty. She, so pretty and yeah, As soon as she showed up in the at the, the Hogwarts main room, all the guys were like, hummina, hummina, hummina. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Cedric Diggory. And dot, 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 Harry Potter. Wait, what? A fourth champion. Yeah. What? So Harry Potter, once again, just makes his own rules. <laughs> yeah. You notice that you know when they said his name, he didn't have a, a school next to it. You know why that is? Because Harry Potter is the champion of Harry Potter School. Fuck <laughs> 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 Hogwarts. I start my own school. Mm-hmm. So chapter seventeen, the four champions. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's funny because Harry Potter being in this tournament is completely against the rules. It's it's also kind of a terrible idea. He's not even like the best wizard in his year, let alone in the school. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, of course they're going to disregard his entry. No. No, they don't. No, no, no. no, no they it's don't wizard rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> put his name in the Goblet of Fire. He's, he's locked in now. Yeah. They got to, unless they beat him out of it or something. <laughs> yeah. I, like, this is, this, what's weird to me is Dumbledore left no exit to get, like, a, somebody who's disqualified out of this system. No, apparently not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I got the impression the Goblet of Fire isn't actually Dumbledore's thing. It's like, a, it's something that belongs to the Triwizard Tournament, maybe. So... Oh. So it could be that it's just like an ancient artifact that nobody really knows how it works and it just does this thing where it eats you and it gobbles you up if you don't do the tournament. I'm starting to understand why everybody dies in this tournament, right? The Goblet of Fire is a mysterious and dangerous artifact. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and, and Snape's like, of course, Harry breaks all the rules every year and everyone's like, shut up, Snappers, you're dumb, you know? <laughs> snappers? Is that what we're calling him now? I don't know. It's... I like that. That's good. <laughs> I am kind of on Snape's side here because... He does break all the I know. Rules. I was like, Snape is totally right. And Snape is, yeah, he's right. He's like, of course Harry Potter put his name in the Goblet of Fire. He always breaks the rules. Every time. If I had to make a list of, of students here who are going to break the rules, number one would be him. Number two would be those Weasleys. <laughs> Whichever one is which. Yeah, I can't get them. You know. and, and fair enough, right? Like, the Weasleys really tried, but Harry Potter got in. Yeah. But McGonagall yeah. continues to be the real MVP here, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she says clearly he didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't do it. Of course, Dumbledore didn't make a mistake with the age line, or did he? Or did he? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And of course, Moody rolls up with his like dark plots. You know, he's like. So okay, that's another problem with this goblet of fire thing. Couldn't they, these kids have just gotten an older student to put their names in? Yes, because that's the first thing they ask him. Did you get an older student to put your name in? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, apparently, right? Yeah, I. Okay, this is my theory. I think Crouch is being imperious cursed uh-huh. by somebody. Uh-huh. Voldemort, probably. Why, why Crouch? Because uh, he's actually funny in this chapter. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's putting. He put Harry Potter's name in the Goblet of Fire. Why? Because that's. It, the name of the book is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Because <laughs> <laughs> the book, book would be really confusing. And that's Harry why Potter I think that. There. No, because this is like part of Voldemort's plan to kill Harry Potter because he can't kill him directly. So he's going to like just him sign him up for really the dangerous <laughs> just, give him really, just give him really dangerous jobs. Right, like somebody scribbled Harry Potter's name in the like, dragon training class. <laughs> Motorcycle. Yeah. There's like a, like, yeah. We don't have enough helmets for all of them, but Harry Potter put his name on there. <laughs> Duty roster, like cleaning the, the the chainsaws or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Live chainsaw cleaning. Okay, well, sorry, Harry's on the list. You know how that the duty roster of fire works. <laughs> That's right. You can't like you can't not do it. Right. The schedule is set. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Has I mean, to go work on the oil rig. <laughs> <laughs> the oil rig of fire. Wait, that doesn't sound yeah, so good at all. Super dangerous. Unlikely. Uh-huh. Uh, but Moody has his own I- ideas about right. what's going on here. And he points out that it would be really, really hard to to hoodwink the, the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, making it think that there's a fourth person or whatever would be some pretty high-level magic. So even if you could get your name in there, you'd have to also ensure that the Goblet of Fire picked you, which is not something that probably a standard Hogwarts student could do. Right. Yeah. And so Moody's guessing that somehow they, the goblet was tricked into thinking there was a fourth school and Harry was the only person uh, named for that school, submitted for that school. Yeah, like I said, Harry Potter's school of badassery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not my school. And of course, like, you know, everyone's like trying to think of ways around and Dumbledore's like, nah, let's just, just fuck it. Toss the tween in the fire. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore's like, oh, he's on the list. Yeah, let's, uh, it's late. Let's go home. <laughs> Can't be ours to, to find a way to get this to prevent this child from dying. <laughs> yeah, surely the most powerful wizard in the world. Yeah, probably no, no. <laughs> yeah, that, like the three headmasters of the school, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but on the bright side, Harry does get to skip finals, which is pretty baller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets to skip finals. He's got a chance to win a thousand galleons. I, I kind of like. I actually like this. This. This is the kind of magic that I like to read about in books where there's these rules and the rules are orthogonal from the rules of the real world, but they are rules and they can't just be like hand-waved away. Mm-hmm. And this is like the rule is like now you're in the game because the, the Goblet of Fire spat your name out. And that's just the, how the spell works, you know, and now everybody's sort of cursed. It's like, it's, you know, the spell has a downside as well as an upside. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's, it's kind of... It's kind of interesting how these like artifacts that that exist in this world have their their own rules that everyone's beholden to, even the most powerful wizard, right? Yeah. I still think it's total bullshit. I think that they totally can drop out, but nobody's letting on that that's possible. You know what? I bet it is. What? They forgot the password. <laughs> the goblet of fire. <laughs> They're like, yeah. So there's a password where you it can like, like get. It's like I was I had it written on a wizard post-it note or something, but I can't find it. <laughs> I accidentally threw in the goblet of fire. Put <laughs> yeah. the password inside the thing, and yeah, my password was Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter Gryffindor. Oh. Uh, and it. Poor Harry. Ron does not believe him when he says he has no idea how his name got in there. I think Ron, of all people, should be cooler about this, but, you know, I think it's, you know... Yeah. It's a little dickish. I think Ron's being a shit. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. Chapter 18, The Weighing of the Wands. You know, you know, Ron's being a shit, but Hermione is being super cool. You know, she's, like, bringing him toast, like, be like, let's talk this out, like... That's yeah, right. kind of what Harry needs right now. Trying to get her friends back together. Yeah, I know. Yeah, guys, stop being tweens. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that's the thing to remember. They're 14, and I'm sure we've all done stupid things when we were 14. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, I actually wrote that this is effective writing. Which, more effective than J.K. Rowling with my homies <laughs> usually uh, has. You know, this is, they're acting like stupid kids, right? This is how kids are. Like, oh, i got to... Like Ron is kind of jealous about Harry Potter, and he's been kind of holding it, holding it in, and now it's all coming out because mm-hmm. Harry Potter yet again gets this prize that he didn't do anything to deserve. Uh-huh. And Harry is not willing to like 
make any allowances for his friend, you know, because he's a stupid kid too. And uh, I liked how this whole chapter, Harry is like being sucked into this kind of celebrity lifestyle as as this champion that he didn't want, uh, and it's frustrating. But also, nobody like everybody's get, getting this. What do you call it? Everybody's getting this impression of him as a glory hound because you know he sure looks a lot like a glory hound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, like every year he's like doing something crazy and fighting off some. Yeah, and I, I felt really frustrated for him. It was it was strong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure, and. Uh, you know, Hermione tells him he should let his uncle know about this too, right? Because this is something we, his uncle said, you know, let me know. If, I keep calling him uncle. It's not godfather. his uncle. He's godfather. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, she says you should write, you know, write serious, let him know because asked uh, to let you know if weird stuff is going on and this is some weird shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is super weird shit. So that's nice for once. Harry actually lets other adults in his life know what's happening. I know. And it, it's... It's a little annoying because Sirius is like the the one adult who can't really do a whole lot about it. But at least you know, at least he's telling someone, and he can get advice this way, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see some bla- the, how the blasted scroots are doing, which I think are fascinating creatures. Are I, they? I had to look up pictures of it because I was like, "What is this thing?" Uh, there are a few pictures, but I don't think any of them are actually like accurate depictions of it because it seems like it's got like a stinger and like suckers and like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all kinds of weird stuff. A tail. I appreciate this chapter because it gives us a little bit of glimpses into what day-to-day life is like at Hogwarts for the students, talking about the different classes that they go to, which is always a lot of fun. Yeah, I True. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It's the, they're little like slice-of-life kinds of things where just whatever they're working on in, in class are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like like uh, Jeff was saying, like the whole school's kind of dumping on Harry uh, for all this stuff, and it's interesting because, like, the last time this happened, it didn't go great for the dark arts professor. Hmm. You know, in the what was it the Chamber of Secrets? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but luckily Harry gets to miss being poisoned by Snape because he has to go get his photo taken. Uh, there's a little photo shoot, and Rita Skeeter shows back up. Yeah. So so <laughs> Harry's there, and she just like drags him off into a broom closet, and everyone's okay with that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so here, here's the thing. Okay, so it's a member of the media, uh-huh. probably on the... Okay, a member of the media who's very critical of the government. Yep. A blonde woman with a heavy-jawed face and man hands. Mm-hmm. It's Ann Coulter. Rita Skeeter's <laughs> Ann Coulter. Does Ann Coulter have man hands? Yes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I did not pick up on that. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. I don't think it actually is. <laughs> okay. it, just, it made me it think of be, it. yeah. And Coulter with, with curls. I, I'd hate to think that, because I really like Rita Skeeter. <laughs> really? Oh, man, she makes I, me... I love her. She's one of my favorite characters. She frustrates the crap so out of me. Because Harry Potter is a goddamn aristocrat, blue-blood, inbred piece of crap. Uh-huh. And I think the free press needs to take him down. <laughs> but she doesn't. She does the opposite. She, like, <laughs> you know, strokes his ego and makes him sound all, like, No, she makes relatable. him look like a, like a ponce. I thought she made him, like, really relatable and lovable. She wrote all this stuff that makes people hate him. Well, I mean, it makes, like, 13-year-olds hate him, right? But, like, Mrs. Weasley's like, oh, he, oh he's so wonderful. I had no <laughs> idea he was... You know, it's like, makes him really, like... Yeah, a that's har- a good point. Yeah. I just wish I had one of those quick quotes quills like she has. That'd be amazing if you had right. some magical instrument that could do all the writing for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And I, I like... I, I just... I like having the idea of this muckraking journalist. Because, you know, I, I'm prone to see a little bit of... Corruption and double dealing in a lot of these wizard hierarchies, uh-huh. and so this this is great. This is like a yellow journal that's just out there ripping down the the power. I mm-hmm. love it. She's she lies a lot though. I mean, like she's not telling the true story, right? No, she just puts a spin on it. She doesn't actually tell any lies. I mean, all the things that she was quoting Harry Potter saying are like things that he didn't say, right? Yeah, but real journalists do that all the time. <laughs> a lot more than we think they do. They do. Oh, all right. Mm. She calls Dumbledore an obsolete dingbat. Aww. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and they do the weighing of the wand ceremony, which is really cool. I like this a lot. Mr. Ollivander shows back up, and he's looking at the wands of all the different champions. And that's always interesting to me. I really like wand lore. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, because he talks about the the components of each one and the construction. Mm-hmm. We learned that one of the wands, the Durmstrang wand, was made by another wand maker who's I think we've Gregorovich or something like that yeah we might have heard his name before yeah 
Uh, Maybe. You know, it's kind of cool. good to know that Ollivander doesn't make everyone in the Wizarding World. <laughs> well, the cool there. thing is, Fleur, her wand has the hair, a hair from the head of a Vila, which is her grandmother, so I guess she's a quarter Vila. Yeah, we get a confirmation that she is part Vila. Which mm-hmm. seems to be the best of all worlds, because you're not some evil creature who turns into, like, a harpy when you're angry, but you still get to be I really mean, beautiful. Do, do we, we know that? that? Actually, we don't, do we? Right? We yeah. haven't seen her, like, actually angry yet. Yeah, no. she might. That's a good point. At some point, she'll just rawr, <laughs> yeah, turn rawr. into a harpy. I wish I could do that. Like like the Hulk, except a angry bird instead? I, I, I prefer the Hulk, but actually the angry bird would be awesome. <laughs> 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 turn into a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this Wang of the Wand scene uh, also exists in the porn parody of Harry Potter, but it's like a very different scene. That's the Wang of the Wand. Yeah, because <laughs> like as I was reading this chapter, I could not read this chapter without replacing wand with like penis in every like in my mind, and like it works perfectly throughout the whole really? thing. Really? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. It's like polishing really? his wand last night. Yeah, he, he, he picked polished up his wand. her her penis and said it had a Vila hair in it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. It, am I the only one who does that? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Yeah, I think you're on your own there, bro. <laughs> uh, I think that J.K. Rowling really doesn't like journalists. Uh, it, the only journalists we've found are like are Colin Creevy and Rita Skeeter, and they're both kind of intended to be antagonistic characters that are unpleasant. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, I, I, I can't think of any... Well, the Daily Prophet itself is not treated in, in, a, in a poor light, though, right? Like, everyone enjoys the Daily Prophet, everyone reads it and, and, mm-hmm. and trusts it and things like that, right? So we see journalists in a, in a certain way, but not necessarily like journalistic media. That is a common thing, though, that shows up the Daily Prophet misrep- or the press misrepresenting people, like the way it treated Sirius Black. Yeah, um, that is true. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's fair. I think that J.K. Rowling does not trust the press. At least that's the way it comes across in these. So I suppose I could see that. Mm-hmm. And we get a reminder that Harry's wand has a phoenix feather shared with uh, Voldemort. That's right, yeah. Yep. And let's see, what else? He arranges a meeting with Sirius. Yeah, he's going to do some fireplace teleportation, which I thought you weren't allowed to do, but maybe Sirius knows somebody on the flu regulation committee. Like, (laughs) I mean... Well, he's not doing the full flu thing. He's just sticking his head through, maybe. Is that different than flu? Is that not using flu powder? I don't know. I guess we don't know. Don't know. I don't know. Maybe he like has a friend or something, or maybe he has, he has a godson who like knows a knows a person who might be able to help <laughs> bend some rules there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if hypothetically his godson had a close friend who worked in the ministry and who also had a friend in the flu regulation department, right. he could probably make that happen. They, they might be able to let some some flu connections fall off the back of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically, chapter nineteen: The Hungarian Horntail. Uh, Rita Skeeter's article comes out, and it is nasty. Yeah, the, the, like this is the part that, that really bugged me, because on Harry Potter's behalf, I was, like, mortified. Like, just, mm-hmm. like, thinking of how I would have been in, like, you know, when I was 14, and, like, having something like this come out and be, like, everywhere, I think that would have just, like, kind of ruined my life. You know, I, I mean, obviously, as a teenager, that, you know, your perspective of a ruined life is is different but like i think at the time i would have thought that was the worst thing that could happen to me yeah i feel i feel really really bad for harry right now like he's so in over his head and his friends are well ron is being shitty and he's never really been close with anybody else and then this article comes out which i think would be mortifying you know Mm -hmm. to me yeah yeah well the thing is and remember she's talking about his dead parents so that's especially fucked up yeah it's it's definitely exploitative right Mm -hmm. just Felt, I felt for Harry in particular in that particular in that section. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm still on Rita Skeeter's side. <laughs> I, know. I figured I was like, you have anything to say, Jeff? No, that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and Harry's all bagging on Hermione, but she's being super cool about this whole thing. You know, she mm-hmm. is. Like he's like, oh, you know, Hermione's fine, I guess, but she spends too much time in the library. It's like, <laughs> dude, you should spend more time in the library. Man. <laughs> right? This is probably doing wonders for his grades. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I found, yeah, I still find this feud a little, a little dumb, you know? Uh, like, they're going to Hogsmeade or whatever, and Harry's like, well, fine, I'll come, but I'm wearing my invisibility cloak, and I'm not going to talk to Ron. <laughs> Hermione's like, all right, whatever, let's just go. <laughs> so, they go to Hogsmeade, invisible, but Mad-Eye Moody can apparently see, th- use his eye and see through the invisibility cloak? Yeah, his, mm-hmm. his magic eye can see through invisibility cloaks, which 
if I were Mad-Eye Moody, I probably wouldn't reveal that so readily, you know? Because now Harry Potter knows that he can see through his invisibility cloak. That's oh, true. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. You've given away one of your ace cards. That's right. Mm-hmm. That, would, that would be the kind of thing where it's like, Harry Potter thinks he's invisible, and you're like, about a cadaver or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work on Harry Potter. That's, that's, right, that's right. You don't do that when it bounces. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, I wonder about Mad-Eye Moody's eye. Because it seems like he can look at two different things at once. Yeah. So it's not just the eye, it's the whole like ocular cortex, right? The visual cortex? Yeah, they had to like detach his... Uh, his uh, but, ocular, yeah, but, your, but your visual cortex is what synthesizes the sensations from your eye into like an image. Oh, right, right. So he can process two images at once? I guess so. So does he have two brains? Maybe he has a, a magic brain that's inside the eye. Mm, yeah, it could be a magic brain, yeah. Yeah, I mean like, you know, you don't know that that eye has a brain inside it or not. It could have a brain in there, and it's sending like text messages to, to his other eye saying, Harry Potter's over there. <laughs> got a little bit of right there. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds exactly like that. <laughs> and that's, that's how text messages sound in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this chapter's kind of all over the place, but Hagrid wants Harry to come visit him at midnight, just a few days, I think, before the first tournament. The first tournament? It's the whole thing's a tournament. The yeah, first the task. Fir- the first task, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the first task. And we find out that it's dragons. Yeah, Hagrid's legendary secret-keeping ability <laughs> strikes again. I know, right? Yeah. How do I keep a secret from Harry Potter? I know. I'll invite him to my house at midnight and show him the secret. <laughs> <laughs> like, somebody entrusted Hagrid that, with that secret, and that was like a fatal flaw. Okay, so, this whole thing, right? So what happens is Hagrid takes Harry... Well, he's actually taking Madame Maxime out on a pseudo-date to see right. the dragons, right? right. Uh-huh. And Harry tags along because... That's weird. I don't understand why Hagrid would want Harry to have tag along in with the divisibility cloak. Or maybe he's like giving him a birds and the bees kind of lesson. <laughs> he's like, check this out. He's like showing him his moves. But what this means is Harry uh, knows it's dragons. Right. Madame Maxime knows it's dragons. And uh-huh. Karkaroff, we find out, is skulking around out there too. Uh-huh. So all of them are cheating. Yeah, uh, that Except is absolutely for right. Cedric. Except, Except for Cedric. Cedric. Poor yeah. Cedric. He's I know. Poor Cedric. Know. Yeah. He's going like, to die. <laughs> I know. He's a Hufflepuff man. So who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares about the Hufflepuffs. I guess so. I, I bet, but, you know, Hagrid is Dumbledore's creature. So I think that this is probably Dumbledore giving some advanced info to Harry. <laughs> to Harry's credit, he realizes, he does realize that, that Cedric's the only one who doesn't know. And it seems like he's going to tell him. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cedric Diggory seems like a... You know, solid dude. Mm-hmm. It's funny because in this, in, I think it's in this set of chapters, they even mentioned like the Hufflepuffs are so excited about this because nobody, nobody important ever comes out of Hufflepuff. <laughs> it's like, oh man. In my mind, I, I keep thinking of Cedric Diggory as C Diggs. Uh-huh. Just because I know the actor that plays him in the movie. <laughs> oh no. Uh-huh. Arpat. Yeah, Arpats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. C Diggs. That's a good name. C like Diggs. That. And I love that we get to see Charlie Weasley again, too. It's always fun when we get a glimpse. Yeah, I know. I, I, I love the, the Weasley, like, extended family people, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie and Bill are both pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they know that, and they, and Charlie brings out the the dragon eggs, and Hagrid's just like, oh! <laughs> and Charlie's like, we counted these, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't you even. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. But he rushes back, and he gets to talk to Sirius, and he finds out some things. We find out that Karakoff was in Azkaban. Surprising no one, really. Like, yeah, yeah, no one at all. But apparently he turned in a lot of Death Eaters. That's um, interesting, yeah. So that, this he guy does not his... have any friends. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's a, an interesting point. So he was a Death Eater, which means, yeah, probably evil. But he also betrayed all the other Death Eaters, so he has a vested interest in Voldemort not coming back, probably, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, so it's interesting. So he might actually be someone who'd be useful. Oh, really? I hadn't thought of that. I thought he was trying to get Harry Potter killed. It's possible. Maybe. But Sirius thinks that Karakoff is probably teaching all of his students dark arts as well, so watch out for Crumb, especially. Yeah, I think we heard something along those lines earlier in the the book. They were saying that... uh, you know, Hogwarts has their defense against the dark arts and is really strict about that, but at Durmstrang, they're a little bit, like, grayer in what they teach. Mm-hmm. And Sirius connects some dots for us that we'd heard about before. He thinks that Bertha Jorkins, who's that that witch who from the Ministry who went missing, must have told Voldemort about the Triwizard Tournament because she knew about it and she disappeared around where um, Voldemort was last 
found to be. Yeah, it just seems like kind of ten, tenuous to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's that seems like a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, we know that that's what happened, but it seems like a weird connection for Sirius to make. You know what yeah. it strikes me as? Hmm. Like sometimes when the when the FBI or something uses uh, secret or illegal like CIA wiretap type technology to track down a criminal, mm-hmm. they want to bring him to court, but they can't say how they caught this person because they're using secret illegal NSA wiretaps. Uh-huh. They make up another evidence chain. Oh. So this is they how say, they found out. They say, oh yeah, you know, we, oh, we, we went through his trash and he let, you know, had a bill for drugs or something. In there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would yes. like to buy one drug for $10,000. Yeah. Illegal drugs only, please. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even look like their handwriting. The, the thing is, Sirius has experienced all this before, so he does have a good perspective on that. He says, like, the last time Voldemort came to power, it was marked by these random disappearances. That's a good point. Yeah, oh. and a lot of other people have been, have said Bertha Jorkins is just dumb, she'll show up later, whatever, but, like, there's other people who are legitimately concerned, like Sirius. Every yeah, Sirius I... does not miss an opportunity to bag on Bertha Jorkins. Bertha Jorkins. He's like, oh yeah, she's dumb and nosy and dumb. Like, <laughs> That's a bad combination, <laughs> being dumb and nosy. Uh, Bertha Jorkins, the name sounds like something out of Rick and Morty. <laughs> you know, like Bertha Jorkins, Mork and Morkin. Harry, I think, I guess the, the fight between Harry and Ron kind of comes to a head. It's a little frustrating still, you know. I think they... He throws a badge at him or something, and mm-hmm. Ron's just like, go fuck yourself. Yep. That's it. Ron's being dumb, but I imagine it would be hard to be Harry Potter's friend. Yeah, no, I, I think that Ron's being dumb, but I think that Harry could easily could easily close this out. Like, I think if he were willing to, like, cross that that line, then, then it'd be over, you know? Sure, but they are 14, so yeah. they get a yeah. little bit of leeway there. True. Also, I think Ron's being dumb because... It's much better to be Harry Potter's friend than his enemy. As we... Uh, uh-huh. That's really dumb, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we know what happens to Harry Potter's enemies. Ron was there. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to be reading chapters 20 through 24 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the fourth book in the Harry Potter series. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We love hearing from you. Please give us good reviews on wherever you got this. Please share this with anyone who you think will like us. If you want to get in touch with us personally, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. Man, I don't have one of those things. I'm just Micah. And I've started putting up armadillo facts and pictures of my baking on Instagram. If you want to check that out, that's Blue Bonnet Cafe. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. We love hearing from your dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.